Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King. Um, I don't know, one sad king at a time. <laughs> there are a lot of those. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. Um, and joining us again this week, we have Tierney Steele. Hello! Thank you for having me back on Lord of the Blondes. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what he is. I thought it last minute, and I think it more this minute. <laughs> It's all the blonde. There's so many blondes. The occasional so brunette, sometimes blondes. a strawberry blonde. <laughs> so much blonde uh, hair. So much. Mm-hmm. So many pretty people being sad. <laughs> right? That's my jam. Uh, so <laughs> today we're talking about Minute 107, which starts with uh, Theoden saying to Eowyn, take up my seat in the Golden Hall. And it ends with... Uh, an overhead shot of, um, you know, our trio in this terrible looking ravine. Yeah. It's daytime now. How, uh, I know it's the very end of the minute and like, mm. but like, how long have they been riding? No, I mean. How, how, how tall is this mountain? I don't know. So I assume that they go through a path and they wind up down on the other side in a valley. Through that the Dimmelt Road goes down the other side of this Around. mountain into a little okay. valley and then goes into, into a mountain. Into another mountain? Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Oh. Or the road snakes around between two mountains, like in a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I could see that. Because we're going to get a much better look at this location tomorrow, but this location doesn't really look like it belongs in the geography where they are. Yeah. Like, at all. Uh, but it, it's a place called the Pinnacles. It's it's near um, it's near Wellington on the south coast of New Zealand. Sure, get rid of one of my notes for tomorrow. Just do that. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll 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 talk about the location tomorrow. But yes. it's 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 sorry. I was just like, wow. No, it's no, it's pretty. It's pretty in, it's pretty <laughs> in a really wild weird way. Set. It's so cool. <laughs> but it's not like midday because the light's still kind of blue. It's not though. It's it's white. Yeah, I I thought it was. Yeah, it, it, like you said, it's daytime. I don't yeah. know if it's midday, but it is full on daytime at this point. I mean, I guess they put that weird blue filter over it, so it looks... But not, like, super deeply, yeah. so it looks a little earlier in the day than maybe it is. It looks like it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sorry. Just based on the shadows, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the, yeah. the light filter makes it kind of weird. Yeah. I guess it's supposed to be unearthly. Eh, whatever. Okay, yeah. Um. so let's talk about... Yeah, let's, I couldn't let's, tell let's because I was minute. crying too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so let's go back to the beginning of this minute where he's going to take out <sighs> my seat in the Golden Hall. Long may you defend Edoras. Mm-hmm. And essentially Miranda Otto says, don't wanna. Right. What other, what other duty would you have me do, my lord? Mm-hmm. And just oh. this kind of... That kind of smacks Thaden in the head because he 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 has this look on his face like he clearly has misread this current situation. Just for the briefest of moments. He's oh uh duty. So you're not happy with this plan, I take it. <laughs> like, isn't isn't this what you want? I I um I think the way she delivers the line is interesting. 
uh, because she sounds so, um, I don't know, she sounds so soulless. Like, this it's is- It's forced the, formality. This is the most, um, like, early Two Towers Eowyn, I think, that she- does in in this movie like because i feel like she's grown a lot since we first meet her right but, but this, this, is, this, is a relapse. this is like a yeah this is a regression yeah well think about all the growing she did to this point and then overnight everyone yeah. is leaving yeah and she's being told she's being left behind again again yeah yeah uh, so mm. this is this is just putting her right back where she was when uh they left helms left for helms deep this is just putting her in the same place. Only this time, they're not. Uh, well, no, because couple... when they leave for Helm's Deep, like she has um, renewed purpose, uh, because like you know, Theoden's not creepy and old anymore. Oh, right, yeah. right. But then there's that insert. Then there's the scene that we don't like uh, with her, which is that about... we talked about with you. <laughs> yeah, which, which is yeah. about her being yeah. pushed into the caves and not getting yeah, to do yeah, what yeah. she's gonna do. I I think like when I say early two towers, I mean like when Wormtongue is still around. Oh. Yeah. Cause, See, cause, I think this is even. Go ahead. No, I I called this deadpan, and I was like, it's not. It's like she's dead. She's just yeah. a completely blank slate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, this is even less uh, emotion than that conversation with Wormtongue in Theodred's room. Because mm-hmm. she had the loathing for Wormtongue that came across. Yeah. Miranda Otto is a great actress. I don't know how you managed to keep your face that. That's still that expressionless. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. And then and I think that's why Thayden is like, whoa, whoa, oh, okay. Uh, I meant this in a good way. Please don't be mad yeah. at me. <laughs> right. I, I think these two parts of Thayden's dialogue here are really interesting because before Eowyn's line, I think that you can, like, you can interpret the, the long may you defend Edoras if the battle goes ill as a really pessimistic view on Theoden's part. But then the second part of this after Eowyn's line is, I don't think he meant long may you defend Edoras if the battle goes ill in a pessimistic way. He's optimistic for her future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think Theoden has basically decided he's going to die. Like given all the situation, given everything that's going on, he doesn't think he's coming back. He doesn't think a lot of people are coming back. Right. And he just is making plans. And he's really formal. Like, when he first comes up, he actually walks past her and is delivering his lines with his back to her. So he is being super formal. Like, this is this is the passing. I mean, it's a big deal. This is a king designating his heir, essentially, and his successor. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes, like, oh, she is very upset about something and he starts talking to her like a surrogate dad would right <laughs> and i mean he knows what she's upset about well yeah that's true but i he knows yeah but i think in his mind it, it, i i think in thaden's mind sitting in the ruling from the golden hall of edoras is as good as going to die in front of Mordor. And he realizes when he turns around and she says that, that, oh, Eowyn does not feel that way. And he, yeah. I think the rest of this minute is him trying to explain, like, you're going to be the one 
like, you're going to be my kid. I know she's not his kid, but you're my kid that survives, that sees the good on the other side of all this crap. Mm-hmm. And to him, like, that's such a beautiful thing. Like, he just wants her to be happy. And and this is a big deal. Like, she's going to rule yeah. Rohan. But she is just completely shut down. Yeah. I mean, this shows this shows so much trust too. Like this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't just a big deal because it's like the passing of the the torch. This is like their relationship kind of coming to closure in a way for Theoden. Mm. Not uh, it's not he's not distant anymore. He's trying to participate however he feels like he can in these last moments he has right. in her life and just kind of make sure that she understands why he's doing what he's doing. Oh, yeah. man, you guys, I just had a really sad thought. Oh, no. Yeah, dude. Um, Theoden get a, didn't get a chance to say goodbye to his son like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's taking the time to say goodbye to Eowyn like this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> really remember his son dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little hesitation when he sa- before he says... After he says, uh, grieve, and then for those whose time has come, I think is what he says. There's, mm-hmm. like, that little moment, and it's, like, you just look into Bernard Hill's eyes, and you're like, oh, he's thinking of his son. Yeah. yeah. Like, and the fact that he's probably going to die. You know, like, he's, oh, God, that he's going to be rejoined with his son soon. Anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God, no. all the feelings. And, like, here's the thing. And Amor's not coming back either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't I think he thinks they're all they're all going to die. But he has this hope that Rohan will survive. Mm-hmm. Even though he thinks everyone he's taking to fight is doomed. He has this hope that Aowen will lead Rohan and it will survive and someday it will be good again and won't that be wonderful and won't his sacrifice be worth it? Mm-hmm. God I love my girl and I get her outlook on life, but how does she get on a horse after this? Like (laughs) knowing that this man's dying wish was for her to look after the kingdom. Whoa. What a betrayal. (laughs) I think, I think that, um, um, comparing this, uh, passing of the torch, um, to the one that we talked about last week. That we literally just saw, yeah. With uh, with um, <laughs> Elrond and Aragorn, because it is, like, a very, like, similar, like, this, you know, this is my father figure, like, mm-hmm. bit, like, entrusting in me, like, their expectations or their, like, the sense future. of duty. The legacy. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, it's interesting that we have that, and then we have Aragorn and Eowyn, parting ways in the middle of that because Aragorn has finally accepted this this um this duty or this burden or this legacy or whatever word you mm-hmm. want to use for it and Eowyn rejects it um so i think like and then that like they just don't like i think that's like a fundamental thing like that they don't work on like you know like yeah because yeah, Eowyn uh Aragorn ultimately in order to grow has to accept his his legacy. Right. But in order for Eowyn to grow and become who she's going to be, she has to reject it. So like they they are on different paths. Paths. Yeah. So there's yeah. they can't be they can't be on the same one. Yeah. And that's why they split, but ultimately just the their decisions both lead to the defeat of Sauron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, don't get me wrong. 
really glad she goes. Right. I right. just her father. Otherwise, figure, it would have been all up to Mary. Her father figure puts his forehead on hers and says he would have her smile again, and it's just like, how do you then go back to your tent and get dressed and grab your horse? Like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, uh, right when you when you look at it from a totally outside perspective, it's just like, really? Yeah, but everything we know about Eowyn absolutely makes sense that she makes yeah. that choice. Yeah. It just, when you watch this scene and then knowing what's what must happen as soon as the scene cuts away bef- mm-hmm. before the next time we see this character, it's like, uh, dude. So who does Eowyn leave in charge? She's That's an excellent question. So here's here's something that I'm realizing on the air. Um, Eowyn, not great at this. Right? <laughs> because she was just entrusted with a kingdom and she totally ducks it. I think I think the the comparison of Eowyn and Aragorn just got a thousand times more fascinating in my mind realizing mm-hmm. that they branch like this. Like, as soon as Aragorn accepts that he's doing this, all pretense of, ooh, maybe he and Aelin will have something is over because yeah. she's not there. Mm-hmm. And she no. doesn't... And she never will be. Yeah, she doesn't She doesn't get there, honestly. I mean, she has her happy ending. It works out, but it it's not... It's it's not her accepting lead. I I don't know. <laughs> it's not about her accepting her place in the world or this yeah. idea of destiny or any role that's like pre-assigned to her. It's, it's about her, her rejecting all that. of that. Yeah. That's, that's where Eowyn lands because her her character arc and Aragorn's just switch places in that moment where yeah. they kind of break up because Eowyn is struggling with both living up to the legacy given to her but also still trying to kind of do what she wants to do all through two towers until that moment. Mm -hmm. And Aragorn is rejecting his legacy until this moment. Yeah. And then they just switch. I like that. And that puts them both on the path they need to be on. Right. Yeah. I like the symmetry of it, especially like broken up like this, because like literally last week and then it was like, oh, we're at a crossroads and we can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They come together and then they separate. Mm -hmm. It's... And then they kind of come together again at the end, but not... Not in the way... But recognizing, like, oh, that was... Honestly, like, not to go back to college again, mistakes were made, but (laughs) it is that weird thing where you finally get to the point where you can be friends with an ex and be like, oh, yeah, we were terrible for each other, but you're still a good person, I'm still a good person, let's hang out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and that's... I mean, that's the thing that puts Faramir and Eowyn together, really, if you want to think about it. Uh, if you want to think about it, the things they kind of share, because Faramir also can't grow under the burden of the legacy he's been given. He is only able to to be free and be who he is once that legacy is uh, kind of forcibly taken away from him. <laughs> you know burning I mean he still becomes steward I guess <laughs> yeah like, he still becomes That's... steward so he still is in that legacy but he I was trying to remember grows what into that legacy on his own terms. <laughs> after the end of this I was like wait what does Eowyn do after the end of Return of the King and I was drawing she lives blank. in Gondor yeah she just completely renounces the throne I'm guessing <laughs> um, well uh Aomer survives 
That's true. I, I, yeah, that's true. He would. I guess it would just. Aemir Aemir would be king of Rohan. Yeah. And she just like goes and visits sometimes. I'm guessing. Even though like I, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't remember if I like mentioned this to to you, Cassandra. But I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, I feel like if this part of the narrative was given a more kind of modern treatment mm-hmm. that uh, Aemir would have become steward and Eowyn and Faramir would have returned to Rohan oh, yeah. and, and then, Eowyn would be queen. Queen of Rohan, yeah. Ooh, I like that. And but... then and then it's yeah. Eowyn accepting part of her legacy but ultimately getting there because she rejected it and Faramir being separated from the legacy that held him down his whole life so that with Eowyn now accepting herself, he can grow to be that person away from the burden and the reminder of the legacy he rejected. Yeah. Because Faramir and Eowyn are happiest when they just completely DGAF about the world around right, them. Right, right. <laughs> like, exactly. When it is just the two of them and everyone else leaves them alone, they can be happy. <laughs> right. So, and I, I, and that's the only person that is part of the story that I could see, uh, that makes sense to me to become Aragorn steward instead of Faramir is like mm-hmm. Aemir. Yeah. Uh, or if he stays behind in Middle Earth, Legolas. Mm. But. <sighs> well, no, because you can't like. But Legolas like can't the... become mortal like Elrond's family. Right, right. So he's yeah. just, just the, immor- the immortal <laughs> the steward immortal of Gondor. Steward. Oh my God. But like that's, that's its own kind of like high fantasy thing. Yeah. yeah. So, that would have been cool. That That's giving I... me major, um, what's his name from, from Thor, not, uh, but the pl- Valhalla, the guy who guards the bridge. Oh, uh, Heimdall. Heimdall. Uh, yeah. Idris Elba, my saying. man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely picturing that after a couple hundred years. <laughs> Idris Elba, the man I really would have loved to have seen play Geralt mm. in The Witcher. Ooh, I've never heard that potential casting before. That's like that's, that's his dream. Casting. That's my dream, <laughs> especially after seeing like Ranger Heimdall in Ragnarok oh, dude, for a hell bit. Hell yeah, where he's just playing at being Aragorn, basically. Oh yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. Um. I don't know. I think as far as, like, Queen Eowyn goes, like, in this alternate um, Mm. interpretation of the story, then, like, her and Aragorn are, quote-unquote, like, equals. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, then they end the narrative on equal footing. Yeah. But, like, separated from each other. (laughs) Like, separated from each other, but on equal footing with a relationship before they become king and queen of their respective lands. Yeah. So there's like, there's more play between their peoples and like it, it's, there's a lot to that as a conclusion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I honestly, and I wouldn't mind it if it was, oh, but she can't do that because she needs to completely reject it to become who she is. But I don't think J.R. Tolkien was thinking that far. I, I, no. I think J.R. Tolkien thought, I'm done with this girl now and moved on and never thought about what happened to her after the story because he did not care. And that's a bummer. Right. I'm going to stumble into creating this incredibly important touchstone in fiction for like, uh, like feminist moments Mm -hmm. and then just never think about it again. (laughs) Like, because he created this, like, just, just (laughs) this, such an incredibly iconic moment in the history of fiction, like, for, like, 
I see it talked about as like this big feminist tentpole moment all the time. Yeah, dude, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, but that's totally not what Tolkien was trying to do at all. No, no. Just yeah. thought it, it was just, a clever loophole. Right. Just no man. Well, it's it's the Macbeth thing. Like, it's him, like, doing the whole, like. <laughs> you know, no man born of. Right. Yeah. 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 And him, like, there's two things in the story of Lord of the Rings that are Tolkien being like, well, this is what that reveal should have been. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the no man born of woman. It's like, no, it should have been a woman. Like, that's the the clearest way to circumvent that. And uh, is it Burnham Wood marching? It's just like, that sucks. No, it should have actually been the trees. It should have been, been trees. actually trees, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, those yeah. are the two things from Macbeth specifically that Tolkien was mad about, so he did his own. <laughs> but then it's like, so what happens to her character? Does she become queen? And he's like, do women have thoughts and feelings? I'm confused. <laughs> All right, that's a little mean, but yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer. I wouldn't have minded, again, just the fact that I've read these books how many times and seen these movies how many times. I'm like, wait, what does Eowyn do after at the end of them? (laughs) Like, I could not remember. That's not a great sign of uh, character growth and eventual development. Yeah, right. Her and her and Faramir become the the no. Next steward and and steward's yeah. wife and produce their own line of stewards, which is uh, which isn't bad. Yeah, and but... it and that family line is itself a linking between Rohan and Gondor in a stronger way than there was previously. That's yeah. true. Yeah, because a family that is made up of both of these places is number two to the king. I just wish that mm-hmm. happened when she was queen instead of her, like you know, like producing heirs. Right. Yeah, the baby like, factory. That's, yeah. I, I because love the she idea. rejects the military when she's when she's in the house of healing. She rejects war. Essentially, she rejects her shield maiden lineage. But she mm-hmm. still could have been. She still could have been something other than a baby maker, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, man, Eowyn, warrior queen of Rohan. Come on. <laughs> that would have. That's been totally funny. where her story would have ended if this was if like this narrative was written pretty much the same as it is now, but. Mm-hmm. You know, twenty years ago instead of fifty years ago, <laughs> yeah, or seventy That's years small ago, but important actually. difference. <laughs> you know, it, like just if this was a slightly more modern story, I feel like that's mm-hmm. totally where her narrative would have ended. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, if you wanted to make her a pacifist, didn't have to go all the way. But yeah, that's that's far in the future for you guys. But it just really it drove me nuts to watch her be handed the throne, essentially. Mm-hmm. And and I get it. We've known Eowyn for two movies now. She doesn't want the throne. Like, that's not her end goal. Well, she wants to be free of other people's expectations. Dude, no, her. she wants to yeah. die. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't think she does anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Have you seen her lately? <laughs> I, I don't think she truly does anymore. I think that this is this is a regression. Like, this is a, this is a yeah. relapse that she comes out of. Because this... Her her sun gazing here re like reestablishes something for her, and that's why she does what she does. Mm, yeah. Like she's just well, no, I have to be my own person. Like why am I why am I wrapped up in what this Aragorn guy who just came into my life a month ago is doing? <laughs> why why don't I take things into my own hands and do something for myself? Like that's ultimately the conclusion yeah. she comes to here. So like this this shock of being kind of broken up with just like shakes her to realize what she needs to do next. Yeah. And so do you think she makes that decision before this conversation? 
No, I don't think she does. I think she's still in the process. That's why she's so distant with Theoden. Mm-hmm. I think, and yeah. I think that this conversation and the idea that uh, Theoden just wants her to sit around and wait for the better world to come is the thing that causes her to go, no, I'm going to make that better world for myself. Mm. Okay, well, you had to make it beautiful, but she <laughs> goes against everything this poor man asks of her. <laughs> because, I mean, Theoden is kind of taking agency away from her. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a gilded cage, but a cage nonetheless Good. to go back yep. and sit in the sit in the golden hall. But, I mean, but in another way, given being given the throne is an aspect of what Eowyn kind of always wanted, which is to not be seen as just the shield maiden of Rohan. Mm. This this woman who is just in the background and so many different things are expected of her because she's a woman. But having mm. things expected of her and being expected to rule as a queen would is an elevation out of that shadow for Eowyn. But it's not the elevation she wants. Hmm. Hmm. So, like, from Theoden's perspective, this is, like, an aspect of the thing that Eowyn wants in his understanding. Is an elevation out of the role of just being a woman in court. Because then she would be the woman in court. Well, then she would be the one in charge. Yeah. Like, if there is a battle, like, she does get to make the call to be to be on the front yeah. lines. To do what she's wanted to do, like, this whole, this whole two movies through. Like, mm-hmm. he's putting... Mm-hmm. He's giving her the the political keys to the political power to do what she wants to do. But it's still wrapped up in like this, this passing on of leadership and there's a certain amount of expectation still here, Mm -hmm. but he's, he's trying to give her the agency to do what she wants to do through kind of the formal way that he was given that same thing, Mm -hmm. but it's just not the way anyone wants it. Do you think that, um, this rejection of what Theoden wants of her is also because, like, to me, like, okay, she's, like, super in love with Aragorn. I don't blame her. Have you seen him? <laughs> um, it's that chin. <laughs> but, like, before Helm's Deep, when she's just like, you know, I, I want to I wanna die defending my, my people. I want to die a glorious death in battle. And Aragorn's just like, well, you know, you you know glory doesn't have to come from the front lines like you can like be in the caves like defending the women and children um and like i think she sees some of that in what theoden is saying yeah Mm. like she's she's like projecting a bit so she's just like no screw this like i already had this conversation yeah and i twice i think i would (laughs) I know we always go when when Eowyn's on screen. We always go back to the because they love you thing. Um, I think I would. My ideal of that now is a recontextualization of that conversation with Theoden instead of Aragorn. Yeah, because like she rides okay. into battle to protect him because she cares about her, you know, uncle dad. Mm. Yeah, it's like you know, it's not like a romantic love, but it's like a yeah, it's a different kind of it's love. love. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I think you can take that and turn it into a moment between Theoden and Eowyn. I think yeah. that's, yeah, I think that's what I want. I mean, I, I think we got the better version of that because they love you scene oh, last yeah, week. Oh, yeah, last week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, because I, I, that moment should be quiet. It shouldn't be loud. Yes. Like, that's the, that's mm. the thing that kind of... But that's why I want it. I want the loud... 
But it make, yeah, it makes more sense for that kind of loudness like, to come from Aowen tied I up mean, in like, her family. I know, I like, I yeah. want, I want them to have like their quiet goodbye. But at the same time, like, I feel like Aowen gets her temper from Theoden's side of the family. Oh <laughs> yeah, because we see flashes of it in Two Towers. Oh yeah, yes. Like yeah, yeah. Definitely. And was Aragorn son of Arathorn? Yeah. So I think like, just, oh, I don't know, man. just like their last parting is like. Ah, I don't know. I just want it to be sadder, you guys. I know. Theoden does have that flash of sassy anger. Just you know. And who was king last I checked? I think Eowyn and Aomer get that from him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Definitely. It makes me wonder just, like, how different of a person maybe Theodred was. Mm. Like, because if, if children kind of reject some of the stuff that they they get from their parents, like, I wonder if... Theodred was just a totally different person well, they, from any I of mean, these three. Didn't Theodred hmm. also like have? Am I remembering incorrectly? But didn't Theodred have like darker hair? Yeah, he probably takes after his mom, right? <laughs> He's just sitting at the dinner table, being like, "Oh my god, these guys are ridiculous." Yeah, <laughs> why can't any of you talk to each other? <laughs> I'm gonna go practice archery, like. <laughs> Ah, he's just a total renaissance man, writes poetry, oh, yeah, no. plays instruments. <laughs> Theodore and Eowyn and Aomer just yelling at each other over the dinner table, and Theodore's like, may I be excused? Like, <laughs> 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 but, you know, anyway. <laughs> oh, I guess... I mean, I did have, like, one other note from the commentary. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels kind of like, ah, uh, just to tack it on. Yeah, whatever. But uh, the yeah. in the design commentary, they talk about how uh, it, Chris and Dan Hanna are both talking about how all the architectural design for Rohan was done before they did the costume design. Mm. So they designed all the costumes to match the architecture. Nice. So they designed the costumes to have the accents like the same kind of accents and colors in places as, like as the, the architecture hall. did. Yeah. So they they followed the design work that the building design team did. That's right. To do the costume design. Which is why everything feels so tight in Rohan. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because instead of like multiple departments kind of doing their own thing with some initial direction, they waited until the building team was done. And then they did their own then that they did seems, built off that. Uh, that just seems like the smart thing to do. Right. I mean I understand if you're like, you know, Trying to get like, as just much churn out a movie, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I feel yeah. like that's probably what happens in a lot of movies. Is just the sets need to look like this, costumes need to look like this. Mm-hmm. You go to your yeah. thing, you go to your thing. We got to meet back up in a couple of months and be done with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hmm. but they had a lot of time in pre-production. Yeah, like yeah. pre-production well, started and... like three years before filming, right? Uh, pre-production started in like '97, but some planning stuff started before that when they were like writing the scripts yeah, and getting them together before their pitches. Yeah. So like. They had plans of where to film some of this stuff before pre-production even really began. <laughs> so cool. Because Peter Jackson filmed movies in New Zealand, so he just had locations where they, like, initially were thinking about doing Lord of the Rings. Oh, this would be great for that. Oh, this would be great for that. If we get this movie off the ground, we're going to go here and here. So that just makes sense. Nice. Like uh, where we're going to be tomorrow. Oh, Good segue. Wait, see? Look at that bringing it back around. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, we're from the website duelinggenre.com. Uh, thanks for joining us again today, Tierney. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm not from the website duelinggenre.com, but I do listen to a lot of the podcasts on there. So oh, thanks. I'm I'm related. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've had you on for what? Two two out of our three seasons, I think. So like, yeah. yeah. And actually my very first podcast recording was guesting on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. There you go. Nice. You're practically so. family. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you're interested in other uh, podcasts on DuelingGenre.com that aren't Movies by Minutes related, uh, if you're into Doctor Who, I host The Doctor's Companion. Um, we, as of this recording, Doctor Who is still happening. I don't know. I, def- I forget when this is coming out. So we'll probably be done with the Jodie Whittaker season, but uh, we'll be starting up a, no- a new round of, of uh, the classic stuff shortly thereafter, hopefully. Um, right, I'm sad I can didn't get to defend one of the episodes I like on the long way around. Eh, you know, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, if you're Sandra's into comic, yeah, if you're into comic books, uh, check out Tales from the Short Box. It's uh, Adam from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute and a few of his friends. They talk about their weekly comic book picks. Um, as of this recording, that's the newest uh podcast, and then look forward to uh, Theme Park This. Where they take a concept and they make a cool theme park out of it every couple of weeks. So that'll be fun. Sounds rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Lord of the Rings. Bye. Bye.